just for a couple of moments, if you just pour out your heart to God, just for 30 seconds, just pour out your heart to God in this place right now. in this place. God, we thank you that you are a God that still speaks, that still loves, that still pursues. God, even whenever we may go astray, even whenever we may run a hundred miles as far and as fast as we can in the opposite direction of you, God, you still pursue us. You still love us. We thank you for that. We thank you for the life that you bring, the the liberty that you give. You are such a good God. You are such a wonderful Father. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Someone say he's good. Just it, it, Don't even say it to another person. Say it to yourself right now. Just say he is good. He is good. And his heart is for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated in this place this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I love the spirit and the presence of God that is here in this place right now. You know, sometimes we we come to church and uh, we're excited and it's easy to praise and, and lift your hands and and shout, and sometimes God comes and he just brings a stillness and a peace. And I'm so thankful for that, so thankful for that. Jesus, we thank you for being in this place. God, and we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that you're not done yet. You've you've just begun. And we thank you for what you are about to speak to our hearts, God. And I pray that we would have ears to listen, that we would have minds to understand and comprehend, God, and that we would have hearts to receive your word today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Someone say amen. Amen, amen. We're going to have a, a funeral here uh, just a little bit after the church service this morning, and uh, we're feeding the, the, the family uh, before the uh, visitation. So you may see some people uh, get up and, and walk out in the middle of service. We've got a wonderful group of people that's going to uh, volunteer to, to help feed the family uh, down there. And so we do ask that you pray for the family as a uh, and, and pray for the church. It's, uh, it's our fa- he's our family too. <laughs> and so we're, we're all here mourning. Uh, but I love that we know that this wonderful man of God has just gone before us into a place that we're looking forward to. Uh, so one day we know that we will see him again. So although we're, we're grieving uh, not having close fellowship with him here on earth anymore, we're celebrating uh, that he's in heaven rejoicing and with the Father right now. So uh, I know if you love Jesus, that's a day we're all looking forward to. Um, so, but be in prayer for the family and, uh, and the church. Uh, we're thanking God for, for what we have to look forward to. Amen? Amen, amen. If you would uh, turn to Exodus chapter 3, uh, and if you have the Bible app on your phone, the version. Bible app. I want to encourage you to get that. If you don't have it, then, then go ahead and, and put that on your phone uh, because you can look up the scripture. And in fact, in the uh, Bible app on the bottom right-hand side of your screen, there's a button that says more, and you can click on that and then click on events, and uh, it'll find you wherever you're at, and there will be a little button that pops up saying Calvary Tabernacle. You can click there, and there's a lot of good sermon notes. Uh, all of the scripture text that we're going to be using uh, this morning will be on there. Uh, you can also save that to your phone so you can go back and look at it later. It's a, a wonderful tool to use. So I want to encourage you, if you don't have that yet, go ahead and get that. Um, and if you do have it, then you can go ahead and find the service this morning by clicking on More and then Events, and uh, it'll pull it up right there. Uh, but the title of the message this morning is I'm Listening. Look at the person you're sitting beside and say, I'm listening. Look at the person on the other side and say, listen up. 
Listen up. I want to uh, thank Brother Billy and Sister Peggy for allowing me to, to be up here with you today. If this is your first time here, we want to welcome you to Calvary Tabernacle. I'm not the face that you're normally going to see, uh, but Pastor Billy has uh, been so so gracious and, and uh, allowed me the opportunity to be up here uh, this morning speaking with you. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad to be here. Very, I'm always excited to be here. Uh, with my church family. I feel like a lot of times on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights, I'm, I'm back there and I miss a lot of the faces and the people here. So it's always refreshing for me to come up here and, and to be with you all. Uh, but we're going to be in Exodus chapter 3. I might have said Genesis earlier. I apologize if I did. I may say that a couple times because I've been studying the book of Genesis very thoroughly this last month. Uh, but we're going to be in Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. And uh, I want to read the first uh, six verses in Exodus chapter 3, and then we're going to really jump into this. It says, One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Some will say he was amazed. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why is it that bush burning up? I must go see. I feel like he's like any other uh, dude in the world. Whenever a guy sees something that just kind of blows his mind, we can't just leave it alone. We can't just look at it and be like, oh, that was cool. No, it's like, man, I got to go look. <laughs> like, I got to get closer. I got to figure out what is happening right here. I know that might get on my wife's nerves sometimes when, <laughs> whenever uh, something interesting happens, and I just have to explore it further. And she's probably just like, come on, let's go. Uh, but Moses was no different. Uh, he said, I must go see it. Verse 4, when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him, from the middle of the bush. Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of, uh, the God of Jacob. And when Moses heard this, he covered his face. Someone say he covered. He covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. He was afraid to look at God. So the title of the message, as I uh, shared with you earlier, is called, I'm Listening. I'm Listening. Did you know that God still speaks? We have the, the Word of God here, the written Word of God, and we can look through that, and we can uh, see the heart of God. We can understand more of God. We can... Uh, develop a closer relationship with God through looking at the written word of God. But did you know God also still speaks? There's a spoken word of God. Amen? Amen. And there's a lot of denominations, a lot of churches that will say, I, I don't know about that. You know, it's kind of, kind of iffy, like, you know, because, I mean, if you've been around any church for any amount of time, then you've probably seen or experienced or had a conversation with someone that said, God told me blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that was God or not. Or maybe you've been in a position where uh, you, you were potentially starting a new job or you were deciding where you wanted to go to college or, or uh, there's a, a family situation that has come up and you've wanted to hear the voice of God and, and you've, you've thought, have, just be honest with me. Uh, we in the youth down there, uh, we say a quiet church is a, come on, a quiet church is a, if you don't hear them, they're saying dead church. A quiet church is a, all right, so I need you to help me out this morning. Have you ever asked to hear the voice of God and, and, and maybe you've been, you've been thinking and you've been looking and you've been watching and you've been reading the word and you think you hear something and you're like, I don't know if that was God. If you've ever been there, just, just put your hand up real quick. Awesome. Thank you. I'm so glad I'm not alone. Thank you. Thank you. For those of you that did not put your hand up, then uh, it's probably just because uh, you might not have had that portion of your life come up yet. Uh, but there's all a time in our lives as Christians in our walk with Jesus where we question, am I hearing God? Is, you know, we, we have a, a feeling in our heart and we're saying, is, is that really God? And I think we tend to look at stories like Moses in the burning bush and we think, wow, God, I wish you would just speak to me like that. Like, I wish, I, I hope this morning as I leave my house and I'm, I'm backing my car up out of the driveway, I hope my bush in my front yard catches on fire 
And I hope that I can just walk up to that thing and just throw off my shoes and say, all right, God, I'm here. Go ahead and start talking, right? That would be so easy. And I think a lot of times that's the way we think that God spoke in the Bible. But I want you to remember this. It doesn't say that, that Moses saw God. It says he covered his face because he didn't want to look at God, meaning he hadn't already seen him. He saw a bush that was on fire, and he walks up to get a closer look, and, and I don't know that God might have been speaking audibly. The Bible doesn't say that. You know, God speaks to our spirit sometime. We, we can't hear him with our ears, but you can feel him, and you can sense him, and, and you, you kind of know how to, to walk and to maneuver and, and to, to do what God is calling you to do just by a feeling in your heart, in your spirit. And I don't know, maybe that's the way God spoke to him. Maybe he spoke audibly, but I think that this is one of the biggest confusions in a Christian's life is, God, are you speaking to me? Is this you? How do I know it's you? We see Gideon. The Bible talks about Gideon, the, the mighty man of valor, a warrior for God, a, a man full of courage. And God spoke to him, and he had to put out a fleece because he wasn't sure whether or not it was God. And I think a lot of times we'll get a word from God, and we don't really know what to do with it because we're not sure if it was God speaking. So today I want to talk about listening to the voice of God. So my first point, point number one, to have a uh, listening relationship with God, we have to focus. Someone say focus. We have to focus. I love this because God drew Moses' attention in before he spoke to him. Moses was, he was taking his sheep, it wasn't even his sheep, it was his father-in-law's sheep. He was taking them as a shepherd to, to another place to graze or, or do whatever he needed to do with the sheep. Maybe it was coming along wintertime, he needed to get them shelter in some caves. Says he was up in the mountains. I don't know exactly why he's bringing the sheep. That doesn't even matter. But he was taking the sheep, and as he's walking along, he just happens to look over. Oh, there's a bush on fire. Oh, there's a bush on fire. Wait a second. I'm just going to look at it. I, I don't know. I can put a, a fire in my fire pit in my backyard. I can watch that thing for hours. I can just sit there and I can just watch a fire in my fire pit in my backyard. Just sit there. No, nothing going on. No food, no sounds, no phone, nothing. I can just sit there and I can just stare at a fire for hours. I don't know what it is. I, is. Is there anybody else in here like that? All right, thank you. I'm glad I'm not alone in that either because I thought I was losing my mind for a moment there. But he's looking at it, I can just imagine, he had to have looked at it for a little while because he's looking at it and he notices it's not being consumed. And we know if you light a fire in your backyard, the wood isn't just consumed just like that. I mean, sometimes, you know, it takes a little while for it to, to burn and then it starts falling all down. And then you got to get your poker out and that's half the fun of it, it's just messing with the fire. And so he's looking at this bush. He's like, wow, nothing's happening. But I love it because God used this very peculiar, very unique uh, visual so that he could look at it and say, wow, I need to get closer. I need to examine this further. Moses was putting his focus there. And then whenever God noticed, he's, got, he's like, oh, I got him now. I can just see God. Oh, oh, here he comes. Here he comes. I got him now. And he starts speaking, Moses. <laughs> we think that that's, what would, it, what would you think if God just sounded like, I think that would shatter all of our theology because we've always seen, heard of you know, Moses, right? But he speaks to Moses. Moses, he's got his attention. I want to say this to you. If you've ever been in a period of your life where you're like, I don't know if this is God. I don't know if this is what God's saying. I want to encourage you to focus. Moses stopped what he was doing. He, he had a mission. He had a job. He was doing it. He was doing it faithfully. He was carrying the sheep up the mountain of Sinai. And as he's walking along, he stops. Someone say stops. He stops and he draws near. If you are in a situation in your life where you truly need to hear the word of God, and I know that if we were to be honest right now, probably more than 50% of this room right here would raise their hand and say, hey, listen, I desperately need to hear God in this situation that I'm going through in my life right now. And if that is you, I want to encourage you right now, take a moment and stop and draw near to God. Focus on Him. Because I think a lot of times we, we do what I, what I like to call a wishless Christian where we're Christians and the extent of our prayer time is, God, please do this. God, please heal them. God, please take me there. And, and we, we go into the presence of God and we bring our needs, which is a good thing. It's a biblical thing 
the Bible says to make your requests known to God. We should do that, but I think a lot of times we bring our list to him, our wish list, and we say, God, this is what we need, and then we just leave it in his lap, and we go to work, we go to school, we go to do the things that we have to do, and we're praying, God, I really have this need. Please do something about it, and we just turn and walk away, and God is like, wait a second, wait a second. Wait a second. I, I want to help your needs. I, I want to do these things. That's my heart. That's my desire because I love you because you're my child. If my child comes up with a need, I want to meet it. I know God is a good father. He tells us in his word he is that he gives good gifts. And so if, he, if that's his heart towards us, he wants to do that. But he wants more than just a wish list. He wants our heart. He wants your attention. In a marriage relationship, if you don't give attention to your spouse, your marriage relationship probably won't last too long. You can see that in the statistics. The statistics say that 50% of marriages end in divorce. And they say that the statistics for Christian marriages are almost the same. And a lot of that has to do with finances. But another big reason of that is communication. If you don't give attention to your spouse, you're not going to have a healthy relationship yet we, we just do like, if I went to my wife and I was like, hey, listen, Emily, I need you to cook dinner. I need you to clean the house. I need you to wash the clothes. I need you to mow the yard. I need you to do all this. That would be great. Thank you. I got to go to work. Bye. We wouldn't have a very healthy relationship. She'd be like, uh, I got to go to work too. <laughs> and what about the kids? <laughs> she wants more than just a to-do list. She wants a relationship. And so in our relationship with God and in our communication with God, we've got to remember this. God, listen, God is not some robot in outer space. Just, he's not some uh, made up high powerful Santa Claus. He wants a relationship with you. He wants a relation and more than that, he wants your attention. He wants your attention. I love this and uh, we're, we're not going to read through it, but in Acts chapter 3, you can uh, just jot that down and go home and read it this afternoon. But in Acts chapter 3, it says that Peter and John, they were going to the temple uh, around 3 o'clock in the afternoon for the, for the prayer service. They're walking to the temple. There's a man who, who was lame from birth, couldn't walk, and he had been brought out to the, the, the temple gate every day. By his friends brought him out there, and he would sit there, and he would beg for money. And the Bible tells us in uh, Acts chapter 3 that Peter and John, they're walking by, and he asked them for money. And Peter's like, man, I don't have any money. John, do you got any money? We don't have any money. Uh, and so they go over to this guy, and they're like, hey, look at us. The Bible says that the man saw Peter and John as they were coming up, but then whenever Peter and John came up to him, they, they, they got his attention. They said, look at us. I feel like a lot of times as Christians, we can see God but not be looking at him. We can see his hand and what he's doing in our lives but not really looking for his heart, not looking for his face. And because of that, we can miss out on so much more. The man is asking for money. Peter John said, I don't have that. But look at me. What I do have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And he pulls him up by the hand. The man is set free. Listen, he had been, he had been trusting and, and hoping, come on, y'all, God is good. He had been trusting and hoping that people would give him money so that he could survive. And God says, listen, if you'll just focus on me, I'm not just going to help you survive. I'm going to help you to truly live. Come on, church. God is good. God is good. We got to put our focus on God. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 says, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or even think. This is the God we serve. And he's saying, listen, I want to do for you. I want to do, but I also want to know you. I want you to know me. Give me your fo focus. Give me your attention. Amen. Amen. Kate, could you come up here and help me out, please? I asked him earlier if you'd come up here and give me a hand. I'm a pretty visual learner, so this kind of stuff helps me out. What I'm going to do is I'm going to ask Kate to, to be an artist this morning. <laughs> so I got a, a little marker here. This is what I'm going to do, Kate. I'm going to have you draw a picture on this whiteboard right here, and I'm going to tell you what to draw, and I'm going to be drawing the same picture over here on this board. Now, here's the thing. I don't want you to look at me. I just want you to look at your board, all right? And I'm going to try my very best to 
verbally tell you what to draw. And I just, just want you to draw. It might not make sense to you, but just draw it, okay? Can we do that? All right, so are you right-handed or left-handed? You're right. Okay, go ahead and switch with me then. Sorry. All right, so what I want you to do is right there in the middle of your board, I want you to draw a backwards C. Just draw a little backwards C there. Don't look over here. I'm going to check your work. Okay, not bad, not bad. All right, now inside of that backwards C, uh, on, on the right side of it, so inside the C, on the right side, I want you to start making a line about an inch away from the right side, uh, about middle ways up on the inside. Is this making sense? Good. All right, I want you to take your marker and just start drawing a horse, an upside-down horseshoe inside the C. I'm not going to look at you from now on because... I don't know how this is going to turn out. All right, and so at the bottom of the C, so inside the C, at the bottom of it, I want you to draw kind of a, another little uh, upside-down horseshoe right there. Okay? You got it? All right. All right, stay focused on, on, your, on your work there. All right, listen to my voice. Now, I want you to draw a hot dog, but listen to me before you start drawing it. Just kind of right behind the C on the right side, I want you to draw one hot dog where, where part, part of the hot dog is behind the C. All right? And I want you to draw another hot dog right next to that one, just, just right there beside it so that they're touching. I want you to draw another hot dog right next to that one so that they're touching. And I want you to draw just a slightly shorter hot dog right next to that one so that they're touching. Okay, yeah. All right, I'm not looking because I don't want to be surprised. This is going to be beautiful. All right, now at the bottom right-hand side of the fourth hot dog, I want you to draw a line from the bottom right-hand side all the way down to the bottom of your board. And then I want you to draw another line from the bottom of the C all the way down to the bottom of the board. Is it looking good, y'all? Oh, great, great, great. All right, in the top left-hand side of your board, I want you to draw a football, but just don't draw the laces, okay? So just the shape of the football. And then draw a circle inside the football. Big circle. And then draw a smaller circle inside that circle, and then just fill it in. Okay? Now, right above the C, I want you to draw a couple of sideways W's, okay? It's a couple of sideways W's, just two sideways W's. And then to the right of the hot dogs, if you have any room, I just want you to draw three lines going to the upper right-hand corner. And that's it, dude. Oh, we're still going. Oh, that's beautiful! <laughs> That's beautiful. That's actually pretty close. It's actually pretty close. Uh, you can go ahead and, and look at mine over there. It looks a little bit different, but it's, it's kind of close, right? Now, see, this is what I attempted to verbally tell you, and it, my drawing isn't good, but this is what it's supposed to look like. It's supposed to be listening. It's supposed to be listening right there. And, and you, you actually drew the buns. I didn't mentioned to draw the buns, but you did. Uh, I just said the hot dog. Uh, but, you know, that's right. Now, see, here's the thing. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. He was doing exactly what I was telling him to do. Here's the difference. He wasn't focused on me as I was explaining it and as I was telling him. He was focused on his board over here. And as Christians, a lot of times, we can do the same with the Word of God. We can be hearing what He's communicating to us. We can be hearing what He's saying, but are we truly focused in and listening to what He's saying? Y'all give Kate a big hand. Thank you, Kate. I appreciate it, man. As followers of Jesus, we need to be listening. And more than just, oh, I heard you. I've got a four-year-old son. I know what it's like because he talks all the time, especially in the mornings. He's a live wire in the mornings. It takes me just a little bit longer. You know, I got to get some coffee. I got to get moving a little bit. And he'll be talking just 100 miles an hour in the morning. And I'm just sitting there like, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. 
And I feel like a lot of times that's the way we are with the Spirit of God. We just kind of hear what He's saying, but aren't really focused in on what He's trying to communicate with us. I want to encourage you today, stop what you're doing and focus in on the Word of God. Here's point number two. The first one is focus. Point number two is fellowship. Whenever it comes to listening to the Lord, we need to learn how to fellowship with God. Someone say, I can do that. I can do that. Here's the cool thing. God caught Moses' attention, and that was super cool. And I think a lot of us, we, we take that story, and we think, wow, that's awesome. There was a bush on fire, and nothing was happening. It was just on fire. And we talk about the bush so much. And a lot of times I think we forget that there was a conversation that happened after the bush. And this conversation would be the cornerstone or the foundation for what God wanted to do for millions of people. He was telling Moses the conversation after the burning bush was, Moses, I want you to go to Pharaoh in Egypt and tell him to let my people go so that I can lead them into the land that I have promised for them. Now, here's the thing with Moses. At the time, he didn't know God. He had been raised in Egypt, being force-fed Egypt rules and laws and religion. He didn't know the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's why God had to present himself. Hey, listen, I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. You're serving this God over here, the gods of Egypt. But listen, I am the God of Abraham. He had to tell him who he was. He didn't, Moses, he had no idea who God was at that moment because he hadn't fellowshiped with him. We look at the bush and think, that's great. But let me tell you what's even better than that, fellowship with God. And we see Moses at this point in verse 6, Exodus chapter 3, verse 6, it says that he hid his face as God was speaking to him. He hid his face because he didn't want to look at the, he was afraid to look at the face of God. God was speaking to him and he's like, yes, yes, uh-huh, here I am. <laughs> he was afraid. Someone say he was afraid because he didn't know God. I don't know, have you ever seen the picture of uh, John F. Kennedy? Uh, at the Oval Office sitting at the desk and his son John Jr. is under the desk playing. Have you ever seen that picture? It's a powerful picture because you've got the arguably the most powerful man in the world at that time sitting at a desk doing work. There's a lot of authority and a lot of power that, that comes from that particular area of the White House. And then there's a small kid playing underneath the desk. You've got the authority and the, and the business happening on top and then you've got a child playing underneath. Now, let me ask you this. If I was to let my four-year-old in there, do you think they would let him just browse on up into the Oval Office and just start playing under the desk? No, why? He doesn't know the president. The president doesn't know him. But you've got the president's son there. He's got this kind of access to the president that I don't have. I don't have access to it. I can't call the president up. I can't just mosey on into his, into his uh, living room and, and just start talking with him. But the son does. He's got access. And he enjoys fellowship with the Father. It's something more intimate than just a, a business partner agreement. There's fellowship that's happening there. And I think a lot of Christians treat our relationship with God as a, as a business contract. God, if you will do this and this and this and this, then I will. Have, you don't have to raise your hand, but have you ever prayed that kind of prayer before? You've been in a desperate spot. God, if you would just do this, I promise I will. And God's saying, listen, I just want to fellowship with you. I just want to know you. I just want you to know me. So we see Moses, he hid his face. But I want to fast forward over the next 30 chapters of Exodus. I want to give it like a minute and a half snapshot of this right here. Over the next 30 chapters of Exodus, you see that Moses begins to develop his relationship with God. And God speaks to him constantly. You can read through those 30 chapters. And in every single one of those 30 chapters, you see God spoke. God said, God told. You see that God was speaking to Moses. I want you to look at the person you sit beside and say, he wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you. And it's not just this thing that's just God's just speaking, giving you a bunch of rules and set of things to live by. He wants to fellowship with you. He wants to commune with you. He wants to eat with you. He wants to play with you. He wants to do all of this. Listen, that might ruin someone's theology right there. God wants to play with you. Did you know that God wants to play with you? There's, I, I don't want to go into all the details. I've talked about it before. But in the, the New Testament, in Luke, the Bible tells us that Jesus went on the, 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 uh, on the beach of the uh, sea there, and the disciples are out in the boat about 100 yards off fishing. Jesus comes up to him and he says, Hey, put your net on the other side. 
And so they're like, we haven't caught any fish all day. This dude over here on the beach, who knows, whatever, let's do it. And so they do it, and they catch in all the fish. And then at that moment, they realize, oh, wait, that's Jesus. Now, this was after his crucifixion. He had been gone for several days. They don't know where he is. They couldn't find him. This was after he had already risen from the dead. They were like, Jesus, where is, where is Jesus, where is Jesus? They were going out to fish just to get their minds off of the events going on. Jesus comes up to him. He's like, oh, throw your net on the other side. And so they do it. And then they realize it's Jesus. Let me ask you this. How come they didn't realize it was Jesus whenever he told them? Because, you know, if you're familiar with someone, you know their voice. If my wife calls me, she doesn't have to tell me who it is. She can call me from any number in the world. If I answer the phone, which is pretty rare, if I answer the phone and I hear her voice say, hey, that's all she has to say, and I immediately know who is on the other side of the phone. Because I'm familiar with her, because I've fellowshiped with her, because I know her. How come the disciples didn't, they had spent the last three years every single day with Jesus. How come they didn't recognize his voice? I don't know, but I'm thinking, this, this is my opinion, but I'm thinking it's probably because he was like, hey, hey boys, hey fellas, uh, put the net on the other side of the boat, all right over there. He was messing with them because this was something that had happened three years earlier. They were out there whenever he first met them. That's what happened. They were out there. They weren't catching any fish. And Jesus walks up at this point. They don't know who he is. And he said, hey, put the net on the other side. And so now he's going out there. How come they didn't recognize him? Because all I can think of is that he was just being playful with them. He was just fellowship with them, just like any good friends would do. If you've got a good friend before, then you know that there's not a whole lot of formality that comes with the friendship. You're able to just banter with one another. You're able to say things that you wouldn't say to a normal stranger because you have that, that, that fellowship. You have that familiarity. And that's what God wants with us. And that's what Moses began to have with Jesus over those next 30 years. And then we see in Exodus chapter 33, verse 11, it says, Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. As one speaks to a friend. Listen, God wants to speak to you, not just that, that old Scrooge father just, hey boy, listen to me. If you don't have your room clean by the time I get back, you're getting a whooping. No, he wants to speak to you as a friend. As a friend. Someone say as a friend. This, might, this is going to be healing for someone this morning. God wants to be your friend. He wants to be your friend. We're going to talk more about that here in just a moment. But I love this because over those next 30 years, Moses spends time in fellowship with God. And then now he's no longer hiding his face, but then he goes on to say in verse 18, he says, God, show me your glory. Show me your glory. It went from God, I, I, I can't do it. Don't, don't make me go to Egypt. I, you, know, I, you know, he's scared because of the voice of God. And now he's, he's been, spent 30 years, or I'm sorry, not 30 years. There's 30 chapters worth, which, which was many, many years, probably around 40-ish years almost. And, and he spent that amount of time with God every single day going to God for the needs of the people. God spoke to him and, and told him what to do as a war general, as a war, wandering through the desert. Whenever the people came and they complained to Moses, God spoke spoke and he said strike the water strike the rock with your rod and water will come out and the people complained to Moses and he's like listen do this do that lift up your staff do this and he, he, he I mean just all along the way was telling him what exactly to do he was fellowshipping with him they spoke face to face as, as one speaks with a friend and now all of a sudden Moses isn't scared he's not hiding his face anymore now he's saying God show me your glory Listen, if you want to, if you're in that place of life where you're like, God, I don't know if this is you or not, stop and spend time in his presence. The more you fellowship with him, the more he will reveal his heart to you. And the more you get to know his heart, the more you're going to want to see him in every aspect of your life. Listen, it wasn't necessary for Moses to see God's glory. God had been operating in his life continually for almost 40 years. It wasn't necessary. It's a desire that Moses had. He said, God, I want to see you. I want to see you. Here's the third point. So the first point is, come on, say it with me. Quiet church is dead, church. The first point is, the next point is, here's the third point. Follow. Follow. So here's the thing. Moses had close fellowship with God, but the rest of the Israelites did not. Back in those days, the Holy Spirit hadn't been poured out yet. God, God didn't just speak to, to anybody that will listen as he does today. He spoke to one person, and that one person would be his voice to the, the multitude of people. And that was who he spoke. He spoke to Moses, and Moses would go to the Israelites, and he would speak to them what God had told him. 
And Moses followed and had close fellowship with God, but we see all through the book of Exodus, the Israelites, they were constantly living in rebellion. They were, the Bible, Bible, God says that uh, in the Bible, he tells Moses that these people are stubborn and rebellious people. They're stubborn and rebellious people. In fact, in Exodus chapter 33, verse 15 and 16, Moses said, or God, before this verse right here, God said, listen, I want to take you, I want to let you enter the promised land. Now, I want you to think about this. This has been at least four plus generations that God had been promising his people this land for them to go and live, to, to go. And it was a good land, a land flowing with milk and honey. There was, there was prosperity there. There was provision there. There was all of this there. That was the land that was promised. Someone say promise. That was the land that was promised to them. And God is telling them in Exodus chapter 33, the beginning uh, portion of that, he's like, listen, you can go. You can go into the promised land. Go on in. He said, in fact, I will go before you and I will drive out your enemies. But then he said, but I will not go with you. Why did he say that? He said, I will not go with you because the people are stubborn and rebellious. They don't want me. So he said, you can go ahead and walk into the promise that I've, that I've given you, but I'm not going. And I love Moses' response. This, this is beautiful. It says um, in this verse right here, that Moses said, if you do not personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. In verse 16, how will anyone know that you look favorably beyond me? Well, on me and your people, that is. If you don't go with us, for your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. Listen, God was telling them, you can walk into the promise. I've got it. I will go and I will drive out all of your enemies. You can walk in and freely take the land. You can live there. I'm not going with you, though, because you're stubborn and rebellious. And Moses' response, because he had fellowshiped with God, Moses' response was a response of, of following. He said, God, if you don't go personally with us, don't make us go. Don't make us go. Because this, this is the thing. Oh, this is beautiful. Write this down if you got a pen and paper or your... Or your phone handy. This is good. In Moses' heart, this is what he's saying. The promise without the promiser is worth nothing. It's worth nothing. God, you can give us a land flowing with milk and honey, but if you're not there, it means nothing to me. It's not valuable. That was Moses' heart because he had spent time in fellowship. He was listening. Someone say he's listening. He was listening. And because he stopped and focused, and because he spent years in fellowship with God, whenever God said, you can go, Moses said, no, we're not going unless we're following you there. Someone say, you got to follow. You got to follow. John chapter 10, if you want to turn there, you, you're welcome to. We're going to go back to Exodus here in just a moment. But John chapter 10, verse 1 through 5, Jesus is speaking. He says this, I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going in through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd. Someone say shepherd. He's the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his, say it with me, they recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from a stranger because they don't know his voice. They don't know his voice. This is an illustration that Jesus gives us. He goes on to explain the illustration. He says this, I'm the shepherd. I'm the shepherd. You're the sheep. He said this, sheep won't follow a stranger. I think a lot of us Christians, a lot of times, we can become strangers with the voice of God. Maybe it's because we haven't stopped to focus or we, we've lost fellowship with him because we've been busy or, or situations have happened in life. And so we just haven't fellowshiped with him and we, we become unfamiliar with his voice. 
And the Bible says, listen, if you know my voice, you will follow me. You will follow me because you trust me, because I lead you into good places. Let me tell you this. I've never seen someone full of faith that does not hear the voice of God. I've never seen someone that, that lives by faith that doesn't spend continual time in the presence of God listening for the voice of God. If you want to know where to go, if, if there's a decision you've got to make, if there's something, listen, a lot of times we'll go to God for decisions, but we won't go to him just on a regular day. We'll go to God whenever we need direction, but we're not asking, God, I want to know your voice today because I just want to know you. And God is saying, listen, you got to stop, focus, spend some time in fellowship with me, and then follow me wherever I lead you. I, can I be a, a pastor real quick? This might step on some toes. If you're trying to take yourself to a place, you, you're going to wind up being like the Israelites that want to go into the promised land without the promiser. Whenever you try to put yourself in a place, we talked about this in the youth on Wednesday night. Listen, God doesn't fund our ideas. God funds his ideas. And a lot of times we think, man, I, if I just get this job, if I can just make it into this school, if I can just uh, have a connection with this person over here, then I'll be able to do this and I'll be able to do that and I'll be able to make this amount of money and all this. And God is saying, listen, I'll let you do that. I'll let you go into that land if that's where you want to go, but I'm not going with you. I'll be there to drive out the enemies in front of you. I'll bless you, but you won't be experiencing my presence. And Moses is saying, God, if that's the case, don't make us go. Because we want to follow you wherever you're going. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, faith comes from hearing. That is hearing the good news about Christ. If you don't, I told you, this might step on some toes. If you don't have faith to do what God is calling you to do, it's probably because you're not hearing his voice. If you're trying to, to open the doors for yourself, it's probably because you haven't taken time to listen to God's voice. Because listen, God can say, you can go there and you can be happy. But if you go over here, you'll be in my presence. And in my presence, there's provision. And in my presence, there is love. And in my presence, come on, y'all, there's nothing better than the presence of God. There's nothing better than the presence of God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 27 says, it was by faith. Someone say faith. Look at your neighbor and say, faith. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. Listen, the only time we'll learn to follow is whenever we are focused on the one that's in front of us. Whenever we keep right on going in fellowship with him, whenever we keep our eyes fixed on him. I want to play a, a couple of sound bites here for you. Uh, so here in just a second, uh, he's going to uh, play something. So, Russell, you might want to make sure that that's up over there. I forgot to tell you before service, that's on me if it didn't come through. <laughs> but uh, he's going to play a little soundbite from an individual, and I want you to see if you can tell me who it is, all right? So there's not going to be a video. You're just going to hear it. I want to see if you can tell me who it is. Are we ready? All right, go ahead and play the first one, please. Scripture teaches us the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. We seek comfort in those who teaches us the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed. That's President spirit. Donald Trump. How'd you know that? We seek comfort in those. You can, you can go ahead and, and clear that off there. You know that because you're familiar with his voice. Because whenever we've gone through things in our culture, th this particular soundbite came right after that mass shooting in Las Vegas. Whenever the whole world is, is mourning and, and just shocked by this just this tragedy. And so we look to our leaders to help lead us and give us comfort in that area. And so he, he had this, um, I don't even know what you call it, this little press briefing type thing uh, where he spoke. He, he gave a speech and, and helped try to bring healing and comfort to the nation at that particular time. Here's the next soundbite right here. First off, I want to thank God because that's who I look up to. He's graced my life with opportunities that I know are not of my hand or any other human hand. Does anybody know who that is? 
Matthew McConaughey. That's a, a famous actor here in America, Matthew McConaughey. See, here's the thing. Whenever he comes out with a new movie, we want to go see it because we're familiar with him. If there was just some random movie that came out with actors that we have no idea, we wouldn't be as inclined to go see it because we're not familiar with those people. But familiarity, whenever we know them, we tend to follow them. Here's the last one right here. This nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Tomorrow is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And we look back over the, the heroes and pioneers in our history whenever we come to social injustices that we face each and every single day here. We tend to go back to these voices that have spoken because of their, their wisdom and their understanding and their love for God and, and love for people. And we do that because we are familiar. Help me out. We are familiar with them. We're familiar with their voices. We're familiar with their words. And so these are the people that we go to. Now listen to me very closely. Chances are the voices that you'll be going to whenever something happens in your life are the ones that you are the most familiar with. And if you haven't made yourself familiar, if you haven't followed after Jesus, if you haven't spent that time with him, chances are you're not going to follow his voice. You might not even hear his voice because it's not familiar to you. But I love this. The Bible tells us that we have a good God. And if we will follow him, he will lead us to wonderful places. Psalms 23 tells us he will lead us to green meadows, green pastures. That means provision. He will lead us beside peaceful streams. That represents peace, rest, and reflection. He will lead us, lead us in right paths. That represents wisdom and understanding. He will lead us through the darkest valleys, not to the darkest valleys, but he will lead you through the darkest valleys. That represents troubles, tragedies, and death. He will lead us to feasting. He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies, a feast that represents abundance, nourishment, and fellowship. And then it says that he will lead us to the house of the Lord. That represents the eternal presence of God in heaven. That's beautiful. Let me ask you this. Why wouldn't you want to follow someone to those places? That's our shepherd. He wants to lead us there. Here's the last thing I want to say, and we'll close. Point number four. In listening to God, we need to develop friendship. As we talked about earlier, we see Moses spoke with God face to face as a man speaks to his friends. And in John chapter 15, verse 13 through 15, it says this, There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my, come on, help me out. You are my friends. Jesus is saying to them, you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Oh, church, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. If you will take the time to just read this over and over this week and get this in your heart, it, it will change you. It will bring so much healing. I, I don't call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. Here's the difference. Listen very closely for just a moment. Here's the difference between a religious Christian and a Christian that's following Jesus is his voice. That's the difference. If you find yourself just trying to do religious duties and just being a good person, you're going to follow more under the category of, of slave. You're slave to the law. You're a slave. That's the way Moses, the, the people around Moses lived. They didn't get that fellowship with God, and so they, the God considered them more slave instead of friend. And Jesus is saying, listen, because of my sacrifice, because I went, because I laid down my life for you, I have the opportunity to no longer call you slaves because before Jesus died, we didn't have direct access to God to hear the voice of God. But now that Jesus has laid down his life, he doesn't call us slaves. He calls us Friends, friends, amen. So this is what I want to encourage you to do this week. Four things right here. It's just one thing, but there's four things that, that make this up. So I want you to, excuse me, listen to the voice of God. And this is how to do that. I want to encourage you. Set an appointment with God. Y'all know how it is. 
you get busy, you got a job, you binge watch TV, you know, Netflix, Facebook, just kidding, no one uses that anymore, Instagram, <laughs> Snapchat, you got all these things going on, it's just taking up so much of your time, well, if you don't set an appointment, chances are you're going to miss something that God wants to speak to you. Fifteen days ago, I, I was alone by myself in the, the deserts of West Texas. I had 300,000 plus acres all to myself. And I, I'd been hunting there with my brother. My brother had to leave one day. I said, I'm going to stay one more day so that I can be by myself and just spend time with God. So I stayed, got by myself. I, I set an appointment saying, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give an entire day. I'm just going to be alone there's no cell phone. There is no cell phone service out there. I'm just going to be alone with God. And hopefully someday soon I can share some of the things that God spoke to me in that time. But I would have missed it if I hadn't set an appointment and spent that time with him. Here's the second thing. Be still and worship. Be still and worship. Sing. Go watch a sunset. Go for a walk. Just, just be just you and God and just be still. So many times we want to be the wish list Christian and bring our list to God. But I want to encourage you to be still in worship. Here's the third thing. Pray and read the Bible. Duh, right? As Christians, that's something that we, oh God, I know I'm supposed to pray and read the Bible. No, really, pray and really read the Bible. Don't just zoom through it just to get your three chapters in and, and say you've done it. But really, take time. Don't, I want to encourage you, bring your, your requests to God, but bring your heart to God also. Here's the last thing. Listen and write. And truly Listen, take time to say, okay, God, I've spent time in your presence. I've worshiped, I've prayed, I've read the word. I'm just going to close my eyes and just stand here, just stand still and just listen for you. Just listen for you. John chapter 16, I'm going to close after this. There's so much more. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, John 16, verse 12 through 13. There's so much more I want to tell you. There's so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak. Someone say, he will not speak. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell. Someone say, he will tell. He will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. What a wonderful promise. God has so much more that he wants to speak to his people. I want to encourage you this week, set an appointment. Be still. Read and pray. Bring your requests to God, but bring your heart to God too. And then listen and write. Jesus, we love you so much. We thank you for this word. And God, we thank you that you're a God that still speaks, that you haven't left us high and dry, that you haven't left us to try to figure this out on our own, but that you have left us with your written word and you have desired to speak, to tell us even more. We thank you so much for who you are. And I pray today that there would be lives that are healed because of your word today, that people would know that you are a true God that loves them and wants to be their friend. In Jesus' name, someone say amen. Amen. We love you, church. Thank you so much for being here this morning. I want to remind you one last time, we will not have services here tonight, uh, but we will again on Wednesday night. Thank you so much. We love you. Please be praying for the uh, Milam family this week, and uh, we'll see you all again soon. Hug someone before you go. Tell them you love them. Tell them you're your friend.